Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of a show called Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports, surprisingly enough. I know Shrey and I look like, you know, we're NFL prospects, but just not the case. I've gotten uh, that a lot before, too. Shrey, it comes play, up every day. You were at the Colts tryout, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was heading out the waters. <laughs> like, man, this guy, this guy does about six waters per minute. That's pretty good. <laughs> really making sure. <laughs> the analytics uh, really come clutch. That's, you know, those are the, those are the deep stats. <laughs> so we got to pay attention to them. I'm your host, Max, along with this other man known as Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 77. 77. One 80. more and we would have hit the lotto. Yeah. Yeah. Hit right. that slot ah. machine number. All right, folks. Well, uh, we've got major changes in the works here, all for the better. We are very excited. We're not quite ready to announce them this week, but coming hopefully next week, uh, we've got some, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but we've got some good stuff. Uh, so very excited for that. We're going to kick things off this week. I mean, we've got the NFL is back just about. We're right. We're cusping the edge. We've got a lot of NFL to talk about, a season preview and a week one preview. We've got a blockbuster trade in the NBA that just kind of came to me out of nowhere. Just just all of a sudden, trade alerts from Woj, boom, blockbuster. So you got some blockbusters, got some NFL, got some comeback stories, a lot of stuff to talk about here on this episode. We're going to get things kicked off with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. So, Max, let me start off the weekly highs with my personal high and that will be that i got to go mini golfing with the fam that was really fun you know i haven't mini golfed in a while and i don't really real i don't what is it like like i was about to say real golf i don't real golf like that and i know a lot of people especially our age love to go to the driving range and hammer a couple and whatever whatnot but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but barbaric I'm, really barbaric I'm, I, just, I just i'm not i'm not a i'm not a fan of big golf but mini golf is my style max it's just the perfect amount of golf and in the smallest fashion possible that allows me to not have to walk a lot but also not have to care about like real golf rules and stuff yeah you still got to read the green Still got to make sure your short game is strong, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, I was, I was, uh, I was hitting a couple long, long putts. Oh, yeah, it feels yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it does feel good. I got a hole in one. Oh, I did, I did, Ow! I did, and no, um, no, like crazy, like vents or pipes or anything, like straight, like down a hill, just, or, and then yeah, just like all accuracy, because you know there are some of the holes where it's like. Oh, if yeah. you get it in this exact other hole, it leads you perfectly to the like. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just yep. like a vacuum, and like, and and I, I, I don't know. Those are uh, those are still hole in ones, but they come with a little asterisk. Yeah, yeah, just like every NBA championship. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bubble. It's a bubble championship of mini golf. Well, <laughs> you know, if Kevin Durant didn't get hurt in twenty IT, the Raptors never would have won. <laughs> Or Clay Thompson. Okay, so you're saying with the mini golf, you're like this. This hole in one was not predicated upon the help of the course. This was mm. a straight, beautiful long putt downhill. Mm. Yes, this was a. Uh, I did. I will say, I did get help from the outer banks of the court. You know how they kind of give the little walls to like so that the ball doesn't like go roll you down. Bounce, you into can bounce infinity. off those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as long as that, as long as that's not uh, considered fake. Then oh. I will take full credit for the hole in one. I will not give it to any any part oh. of it. Will not be the course. Wait, yeah. hang on. I'm getting a call from Phil Mickelson. <laughs> he wants. He to just drop left me a message. Me. He, he needs somebody. He needs a backup. He needs an understudy. <laughs> Stray. <laughs> would you pl- would you go play for Liv? We got a lot of money on. <laughs> if he'll drop his bag. <laughs> Uh, that's good. That feels good. Hole in one, man. Mm. Mm. And mini golf too. Mini golf is fun. Oh, I did fun that time. when I was home just before I left. Dude, it's all. It's like a nice like. 
I don't, you don't want to get exercise, but you want to be outside activity. <laughs> it is the perfect combination. I refuse combination. to get my blood, my, my heart rate. <laughs> I have a resting 75 BPM. <laughs> Christ, if I hit 80, let alone 90, I will ah, lose my temper. <laughs> okay. Well, what about sports? What's, what's, uh, what's good for you in the sports world? Max, with my sports high, I wanted to kind of uh, congratulate Serena Williams mm. on an amazing career. I did get to watch her last set. I didn't watch the second set of the, the game she lost against um, Isla. I can't pronounce her last name, but I'll say Isla. Um, and in that third set, she went down. But then in that, I think it was the sixth game, of that of that set she uh she fought back with a bunch of match point uh multiple match points needed and you could tell like this whole tournament too like everyone was so hyped for her it felt like it felt like uh kobe's last game mm. where every time kobe touched the ball everyone in staple center just went crazy and it just felt like it had that same energy to it like you could tell people were there like, completely for her. And it's tough when you're the opponent in that situation, right? He's like, hey, come on, guys. I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys. Like, Nobody's like, cheering. You're like, oh. it's tough. It is tough, too, because, like, not only, not only if you're winning, right, but then you also have to be a gracious winner because it, it technically is not it, – it's, it's tough. You won. It's your moment, but it's not your moment. You know what I mean? Like, and so I thought I love did a really good job of in the post game, like not like being a very gracious winner and understanding that like she, she talked more about Serena than her actual win. And she understood the moment. She understood the assignment definitely, but it's crazy. Like when we think of like the last great athletes from an era, like when you talk about names, from an era, yeah. Right. In tennis as well. The Lance right. Armstrongs. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will not kidding, put those kidding, I will kidding. I will not put those two in the in the same category. Um when I think of the, especially in tennis, she's like the like like the la, one of the greatest names to now have retired from tennis. Obviously on the like in just in both men's and women's too, right? She's the greatest I, I'll say she's the greatest tennis player of all time. It's it, like she's won enough to, I think, at this point, make that make that certain. And then, obviously, on the men's side, you still have Federer, you still have Nadal, that are still playing. Those are legendary players in the field. But I don't know. Serena just had the grasp of everyone's attention. Every major, every open that she that she played, people wanted to watch her. She was must see TV. And I know her last couple of years uh, have been kind of injury marred and especially considering the way that she played in this tournament, she won a couple games before losing. It felt like she finally kind of got her legs under her for this year. So people were like, Oh, are you going to come back now? You felt like you finally were in a rhythm. Uh, and she did, she did the little, like, uh, I wouldn't say never kind of thing, but did the to classic Tom Brady. I'm retired. <laughs> classic, <laughs> the classic Tom Brady. But I don't know. Like it, it's tough when you, you're kind of like, going through injuries to then say, I'm going to do a full year again on the tour. Well, no, no, no. This is, she is in the point that Kobe was. It's like, you have done enough. You have won enough. Now it's time to start that second part, that, that, that next part of your life. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, think about what she could do just with like, from like a coaching standpoint, from a mentorship standpoint, or she could mm. just go sit on the beach for the rest of her days. She got you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and, and you know how Kobe was still involved with, you know, the Mamba Academy. Like it's not like the dude was away from basketball. Like he just wasn't in the professional arena. I mean, got his five rings, got his records, got, Oh, it just incredible what he did. And, but then he uh, went into different spaces too, Max too. Like you said, like he went into the entertainment field. He wrote books. He did the short uh, animated film that won the Oscar, right? Like, he did stuff that was some basketball related, some not that 
ended up make giving him that like basically second career after retiring and so um the great players if if they find a way to hone in their creativity and their like their passion for their sport or just in the general like their passion for something they can like kobe just go on and do something that they want to do and have that drive and serena has that drive and that's something that they wouldn't have been able to do prior to that because you're tired right 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 it's only so much time in the day you have to be training all the time yes I agree. Well, congratulations to Serena Williams. Uh, you may or may not hear this. You don't know. But uh, if you do, congrats. And I will say, like, another player from the 90s retired. Like, not many left. I think maybe, like, a couple. One or two, maybe. So, yeah. the last Seriously. of the 90s, they're starting, to, they're starting to retire. That's it. That's it. Wow, that's kind of a bummer. And speaking of bummers, let's go to the weekly lows. <laughs> The lows. All right. Well, I start with my personal low this week. Uh, my personal low is that I wasn't invited to a single <laughs> fantasy football league. Not one. Oh, no. Back in my college days, when I had a bunch of friends around me, <laughs> I was in too many leagues. And I didn't have enough time to pay attention to them. And now that I'm out on my own, in a different state from where I grew up, different friends, I just didn't get invited to a fantasy football league. Wow. So that's fine. You only know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to join a random league so I can actually talk about it. Oh, yeah. No, and honestly, everyone that's playing in those leagues that I used to be in that I'm not in anymore. Yeah. <sighs> It's fine. It was probably my tirades, <laughs> probably my tirades and, and, and collusion that that got me kicked out. Well, question: so. Would you consider yourself outstand out, like outside of result? Would you consider yourself a good fantasy football manager? Fantasy football manager or player? L- like me, a manager of a team. Oh, uh, my like, most successful outside team of ever. Outside my of most- result. Oh. Like, would you consider yourself involved? And- I set my lineups every week. I try to make, like, I try to send memes in the group chat. You know, yeah. I, I like to be involved with it. Yeah. You know, see, that's the thing is I, my dream is to have a group chat for fantasy that where everybody just is like popping off. Oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah, yeah, like yeah. making fun of each other, talking about their, you know, stuff. And, you know, everybody's very active in it. I've been in, it's like it starts off hot. And then by like week three, nobody talks anymore. Really? Okay. No, I got oh, yeah. one. I got one. We get we get pretty salty. We mm. we call it we we call it we call it like we just all have. I think our like emoji for the for the chat is like the salt emoji. The angry. We all get oh, this. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> that's our love. Oh, salty. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. So uh, that's where I'm at, and that's kind of depressing. So. It's all right. I'll just join a random league with people I don't know. Dude, and just Thanks. win. Thanks for the invite, everybody. No, my most successful team was one that I auto-drafted. Okay. Really? I I let I let ESPN, ESPN auto-drafted? I let ESPN algorithm do their thing. You know, sometimes it does work. Sometimes because people make dumb picks, the ESPN ranking ends up being in your favor because then a person that you actually want comes up in queue and you're like it, like it happens sometimes but the players around you the people that are picking around you have to be horrible because if they're good and they figure out like okay i actually want this player you'll get the player that's like ranked high that's really not that good that's um every year it's me and um uh cat like in, in basketball? basketball oh oh okay, i that's, never swear to that's god i never want carl anthony towns on my team i was like this guy's <laughs> gonna play probably 50 games at best he'll put up some good stats he's gonna play 50 games at best and he's my number one pick in these in these i'm like why why well, i feel I'll like forget, that... I'll, I'll forget the time yeah I'll my draft time and then I'll, i come in 15 minutes late and first and second picks are gone <laughs> i've got like cat and bradley beal i'm like please <laughs> I feel, I feel like that's the same with uh, Zion the past couple of years too, right? They, uh, we had a, I, I had a team pick him in the first round last year. And he oh! didn't play at all. Oh, it's tough. That's a tough one. I picked, I did pick, I did pick Ben Simmons in the fifth, but it was the fifth. I thought he would play a little bit, especially after oh. the trade. Uh, it's the fifth. 
Yeah. But the first round was tough. That's a tough. You lose your first round pick for the whole year. That's that's just not. Did you see? I just want to just quick tangent. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up my low in a second. I just a quick tangent. I saw how we just did the the 2016 redraft. They mm-hmm. just did the 2020 redraft, and they that's... still put Zion Williamson first over John Morant. Okay. I feel like it's too early to do a redraft for 2020. That was just me. They put or twenty. It was twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. Whatever year Zion. Uh, I think, oh, tw- I think twenty nineteen was Zion and Ja. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Right. They yeah, did. Yeah. They okay. did. Uh, okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That makes no sense. The guy is not better than Ja Morant in any capacity. Right. Yeah. If they're doing it based on as we speak right based now. Based on as we speak right now. Yeah. He. He hasn't Over played ja? enough at the highest level. Ja took his team to the playoffs basically single handedly. Like, I don't know, like, and won a playoff series. Right. So it's like, it, I mean, it's tough to Zion compete with that right a, now. I'm sorry. And Zion, not, Zion had a good 60 games or so, but it just, it's not, it's not enough if you're talking about those two. Yeah. Anyway, so for my sports low, uh, the thing I want to talk about uh, before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode, uh, Danilo Gallinari of now the Boston Celtics, but of many teams before this, has been upgraded in the worst way from a torn meniscus to a torn ACL. That means that he went out from being three months to being out six to a whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. A torn ACL is a just a just a bummer. It's a the bummer. worst. It's the worst injury in, in, in sports. In, in, in sports, con- yeah, because it's. Mostly non-contact. Yeah, Yeah, and it's mostly non-contact too. It's like with the contact injuries, right? Like broken this or um, things of that nature. Those tend to heal, like especially bone injuries. But the ligament injuries that are torn fully, it's just it's tough, and it's a big, it's a long rehab and everything of that. So it's terrible. So uh, the Celtics are looking. They are. They do have an injured player uh, exemption, which they qualified for, which is great. It frees up like three million. Super. Yeah. Uh, that could be used to shop around for players like Carmelo Anthony or Dwight Howard, both of which are still in basketball shape. I wouldn't mind having either of them on the team, especially losing that. Just kind of a little bit of a spark and scoring that we're losing from Gallo. Um, Carmelo and Gallo at this point, their defense is about equal and their offense. I mean, Carmelo shot really well uh, last year on the Lakers, but nobody talked about it because, well, he was on the Lakers. Uh, and he was like the fifth storyline after LeBron, you know, all that other stuff. So people that really right. didn't pay him much attention. Um, and I loved him on Portland. So Celtics play a, a you know a similar brand of like team basketball, team oriented, where he doesn't need to be the top guy, but he can still get enough minutes and have enough shots to where he could be effective. So that's the thing. I think the the Portland model is what he would be more into here yeah. um the lakers model they actually ended up playing him more minutes than i thought he would get when he first signed there like he got re- he really he really got like 25 minutes a game like especially in the early part of the season when he was kind of playing well he yeah. was starting games and he was um i mean it's key for it, it i would i would be more in tune with it because of his three-point shooting he shot basically close to 40 percent from three the past couple of years um, and he shot over 40% last year for the Lakers. When we talk about comparable players, like if you're saying you lose Gallo, who would you replace him with? And you wanted Gallo. Carmelo Anthony shouldn't be very far off, right? Those are similar style players, long three-point shooters. Stretch fours. Stretch fours, right? Yeah. Like not really great defenders or good defenders even. Like, you know what I mean? So, but what I'm saying is, I think we have enough. I think the people that saw Gallo go down and said we need to, we need somebody that can defend are kind of missing the point because yo, we already have great defenders. The whole point of Gallo was to get a great offensive player off the bench that maybe could get ten points or eleven points at any given notice. I think that's what you're looking for with Carmelo. I think that's what um, I would, I would at least like. I think I don't, and obviously the big men too, like. 
who knows? But I think if you want to replace Gallinari, Carmelo Anthony should be an option. I don't think people should stray away from him. He's not getting 30 minutes a game and shooting 25 shots again. So no. as long as he knows He's that. Not. I miss he, I miss Nuggets, Melo. <laughs> no, no one's asking for it. No one's asking for it. But the, like, the role that he seemed to want and thrive in the past couple of years, he could definitely thrive in in Boston on for a winning sure. team too. For sure, for sure. All right, well, let's dive into our meat and our potatoes. We're going to stay in the NBA before we go over to the NFL, uh, and we're going to start with this blockbuster trade that happened just a couple days ago. Uh, and, wow. So we talked about Donovan Mitchell a couple episodes ago. talked about how good is he? Is he going to stay with the Jazz? Is he going to be a good fit? My prediction and I'm happy that I got this right, is that he wouldn't be on the team, that he is not really where they're going. I think I called, I think I called that too, Max. No, I think we both did. I think, I we're think both we both called like he, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to be... Because that was the thing, is that the Jazz are... Danny Ainge is taking them in a different direction. They tried to win with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. That was their dynamic duo. Didn't quite work out. They came so far, yet so far... So many times, like they just could not get past the second round. They honestly, like the Jazz are ultimate choke artists when it comes to the playoffs. They are akin to like the James Harden Rockets because it's like they would have everything going for them. They would lead some series at some points and then just lose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets one, the Clippers, the Clippers one. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've had a first round exits. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, Donovan Mitchell goes to Cleveland, of all places. The dude's in the East. How, how do we feel about it, Shrey? Because Cleveland sent kind of a pretty pretty sizable package to Utah. Yeah. But so, are there is there a winner? Yeah, so let's first go over the package, Max. And that, that trade was the Cavs got... The K- yeah. the Cavs got Donovan Mitchell. They sent to the Jazz Laurie Markkinen, uh, the the 14th overall pick they just picked, Oche Akbaji, uh, the wing player, and Colin Sexton, who in a sign-and-trade, right, because he was technically a restricted free agent, he never signed. So in a sign-and-trade, he went to Utah on a four-year, $72 million deal. And... Then also three first round unprotected picks in 2025, 27, and 29, and two pick swaps. So that's the ability to swap a pick in those years uh, for the first round if they if they so chose to in 2026 and 2028. So that's a lot, right? That's three unprotected from the get go picks, and then the ability, which who knows if they take it, depending on how good the Cavs are for the Jazz. I mean. In 2026-28, it's a lot, right? And you think about they just, the haul they got for Gobert. Massive haul in terms of picks, right? So they have basically at their disposal at most 10 picks that could increase, that could be at an increased uh, draft position, which is crazy. Oh, that's a lot. That is a, that is a Danny Ainge dream. That to is have, a, Sam Presti's also got his just mouth water. He's, he's just looking. He's just looking. He's like, is that Presti's like, oh have my. I made a mistake? Should I stay? <laughs> so Danny Ainge. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Danny, Danny Ainge, right? He's we know him from being in the Celtics as especially of as the later part of his tenure, right? Post big three uh trade and everything like that that he's had moments of he kind of picks all the players that he has at his uh as disposal and then kind of plays their careers out and it doesn't really work out right like we can think of the Kyrie trade as an anomaly of he actually put in a chip that he had gotten in another trade for another uh star player of some sort that's something he's gonna have to work on that is why Max I think currently the people that are saying that the, the Jazz won this trade like hands down won this trade, right? I'm not too sure. Like Why? you get you well, you get Colin Sexton. You get Colin Sexton, you sign him to four years. You sign him to four years. I don't really eh. Like he's a good player. He's been more four of a scorer and defender. Yeah. yeah. 
So he's like, he he's not going to give you that too much, I guess, outside Mike of scoring. Mike Conley replacement without the playmaking. Exactly, right? And the picks, too. Lauren Markkinen, a- that's filling up. I mean, you already you, you have Jared Vanderbilt, who you just got from the Timberwolves. Right. And Markkinen has a ceiling, too. He's not like, we know what Markkinen is at, the, at this point. He's gotten opportunities to play 30 yeah, plus minutes and yeah. he he's he's fine. He's fine. The I, thing I, is with right, the picks. He's not bad by any means, yeah. Right. The thing is the picks. And I'm not 100% positive that Danny Ainge will go bang 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 all the picks that he that he acquired. Right? When we look at the picks that he already has, you know that for the foreseeable future, the Jazz are going to have some high lottery picks. He's so he's really good at making high lottery picks. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, right? He's good at that. But when we look at picks in the middle of rounds and at the late end of rounds, which is where probably these early Cavs picks that he's going to get the next couple of years. Carson Edwards. Gershon Yabusele, Ante Zizic, Kelly Olenek, right? Like, uh, so it's Jonas Jarebko. Really, I don't even know if we drafted him, but put him in the list. Um those are the types of players that he has been known to draft. So those are the picks that the Cavs have given them, basically, at least for the first couple of years. Unless the Cavs completely fail with Mitchell, I'm not ready to say that the Jazz completely won this trade, right? Because I have the Cavs number four seed in the East. No, you, someone you, said that. I want no. I want to go straight, and I'm going to be. I would. You're being skeptical of the Jazz right now. I'm going to be skeptical of Cleveland. I'm going to go on the other side, and I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, I, I think that, that now they have a ton of talent, right? Super cool, super good. Uh, you guys have still too many guards. And now you have Donovan Mitchell, who we have discussed is not a willing passer. But Max, I want to uh, point to the counterpoint of that, which is he doesn't have to be on this team. Darius Garland is already a willing passer, and we've seen that. I think So what's he going to play, the two? He, but yeah. you know that he also like needs the ball in his hands. Right. But when he needs the ball in his hands is when the play is run going to be run through him. I think he might play well in this offense because you have Ricky Rubio, you have Darius Garland. They are willing passers. Yeah. Right? Donovan Mitchell, we know that he's not going to really have to he, – he, it's tough for him to pass to his bigs, right? He doesn't have to do that on this team. And so I think that he's gonna flourish as a as a primary scorer as a shooting guard, like almost in like a Jalen uh, Brown, Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal role. Stray, you just named two people who are a lot bigger than he is. And you look at the East, the East. I'm just thinking about these teams in this division: the Nets, Philly, the Celtics, the Hawks. Now with Dejounte Murray at point guard, like these are physically, physically large teams. The Bucks, like these teams, are physically large. That's true. Now you take an undersized Donovan Mitchell and you put him at the two where there are dudes who are like 6'6 and above. I mean, Jalen Brown is 6'6. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you got guards like DeJounte Murray and John Morant who are like 6'4, 6'5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for Donovan Mitchell and a guy who is not known for his defense, looking at him moving forward as the league continues to grow, I mean, as these like literally like big MFers are getting ball handling skills that can put him in a guard spot. Right. Um, I think it's going to be hard pressed to find uh, his efficiency. I know he's incredibly explosive. He's imp- incredibly quick, but defensively, he's going to have a hard time containing a lot of these even ones and twos, let alone uh, threes. Yeah. You do not want to switch him onto a forward. No way. Uh, yeah, and I think that's, that's where the that's when the he flaw baby is. boy. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, offensively, I can see what you're saying. If you just want to set him up in scoring situations, like he can do it. But you know he also has nights where he's not incredibly efficient. Mm-hmm. That's true. And he's also streaky from downtown, I would say, more or less. Yeah, but I think he, as long as he has the ability to get to the rim, I think that's where he'll be used, utilized most, right? Like his ability to oh. hesitate, get to the rim. Here's the thing. And, and I, I'm even saying I think there's there's a little bit too much redundancy. You got Karis LeVert in there. You've got Darius Garland, right? Mm-hmm. Those are two guys that – that make their bread and butter at the rim too. I mean, Karis LeVert is one of the most skilled finishers I've seen. You know what I mean? Like he is, he is nasty. His like spin moves. He's kind of like a, 
he just I, I really like the way that he finished it. He is slick. And when you let him get hot, I mean, he is tough to stop. Literally, because you know what he wants to do. He wants to just get to the rim and just finish around that. So right. I know I'm I think at I, that. I think I, having I, ball hand ball handling depth is useful. Like we see the Celtics, they they got Brogdon, they have White, they have Smart. So yeah. having ball ball handling depth, having Lavert, Rubio, Garland, Mitchell. I don't think that can be a bad thing, especially in case of injury. Like mm. you have some options mm. there. Mm. Okay. In case of injury. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Who am I to complain about depth? I mean, yeah, you, you send out a lot for him, but mm-hmm. it's a lot. I will say if Danny plays his cards, right. It could turn into a, like a, a huge. Yeah. But you know, this dude lot. is just looking for scrappy guards. <laughs> like, what? You're six one. I need hustle. Yeah. I want him like Daniel, please. We already have seven guards. We need another one. <laughs> All right. Moving forward, folks. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about the NFL and let's talk about, I mean, there's this weird, I feel like I'm in limbo when there's no basketball or football. It's such a weird time right now. It's a weird time. It's a dark time. I think things are looking up now. I think things are going to get back on track. We have the yeah. structure in our society. Every <laughs> Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, there's now professional football. I mean, mm. we are okay. Yeah, mm. we we're coming to the light. We got some good matchups. We got some new players on new teams. Boy, am I excited. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm very, very excited. So let's take a look. One of the first things I think it would be we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Let's talk about a couple season long storylines. And these are things that we're going to watch throughout the entire season, throughout all 17 weeks of the regular season, into the playoffs. First thing I think we should look at is there are three, there are more, but there were three really big wide receiver trades, right? We look at Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. We look at um, Devontae Adams to the Raiders. And then we look at A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Three really, really big trades. All of these teams have the potential for success and failure. They have middling quarterbacks. I would say Derek Carr of the Raiders is probably the best out of the bunch, but Jalen Hurts needs to prove himself this year. Um, Out of these three teams, and then Tua is, well, you know, he's Tua. He's right there in the mix, yeah. He's right there in the mix. Out of these teams, Shrey, Mm -hmm. which one, and this is similar to last week, which one of these three teams, because these are huge. These teams have not seen this kind of potential for success in a while. Out of these three, which one, which team, which combo do you think is going to be the most successful? That's, uh, that's tough too, because the the receivers in the in each of the combinations are like have the ability to be game breakers and have game been breakers. game breakers in the past. Tyreek right? Hill, Tyreek Hill with the speed, right? I know he's getting up there in age, but he showed last year that he still has the speed in him. Devontae Adams. Is just a tall target that is like a crisp route runner. Can move. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then AJ uh, AJ Brown is just a big body that has the speed as well, but the ability for him to make contested catches is what sets him apart as well. So <laughs> he's jumping insane. over dudes. He's like, yeah, yeah jumping dude. over mossing dudes. Literally, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with um with Adams and and Carr, and I wow. think. The reason is, I think Carr in the past has shown flashes of being like a great quarterback. Like he, like he's definitely like his ceiling has, in a sense, been shown where he is prone to some mistakes, but he's not very mistake prone. He understands where to go with the football and with limited targets and with better targets now that he had Renfro and and Waller right Mm -hmm. so so he got better targets and they played a little better I think now you bring in the best target right and you play within a game that he he can really play at and like he's not like such a deep threat with Devontae Adams is right he's a possession receiver and allowing Carr to just put it and put the ball in spots so that Adams can get them and then turn them into big games. It's, I think, going to be really key and is going to make that, is going to churn a lot of yards for that combo. 
And even though you won't get the flash of maybe a two on Hill or a Hertz and and Brown with kind of the movement of the quarterbacks and the speed of the receivers, you're going to get a combo that leads to wins, I think. And in a and tough decision, gonna be, you're going to say gonna, that over the course of the weeks, they're going to be the ones with the, the, the most points in the win column and the most just overall success. I, think, I mean, yeah. you can define success by yardage completions, you know, touchdowns, touchdowns, all, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I think again, the, what's the one that we're really going to take home to the bank? What's the one that's going to get you a good playoff seed? Mm-hmm. Your wins. It's a tough I, division too. So yeah, no, it's, it's a tough division for sure. I just see, I don't know. Sure. I, I think the dolphins are really looking scary. I mean, you still got no, I, I agree with the that. team too. You yeah. know, and, and we look we look at Tyreek just coming onto that roster, and you're right. The flash, I think Tua is really, he, I think he's really hated on. He's been hated on even by Miami fans for a little mm. while. I think mm-hmm. this is a big year for him as well. It's time for him to really like you. You now have all the assets in your control. It's time to turn up. Mm-hmm. You can't throw you. You can't throw interceptions. Just period, bar none. You got to make smart decisions, and you got to be able to make the throws. I mean, I think he's got enough of an arm talent. Where he'll be fine to like make those because again you just run a deep route with Waddle and Tyreek Hill you just send out two just threats. You know yeah, what I mean that that literally gives him the freedom of choice to just be like, mm, okay, I got it. So it's about him making those reads. I think if he can do that, that team is disgusting. That team is disgusting. Yeah. But I agree with you on the Raiders. Uh, I, I think if you look at the other pieces on the Raiders roster. Yeah, defensively, offensively, man, that's a pretty, that's a tough team. Las Vegas fans rejoice. I just, no, I agree with you. It's Derek Carr has really shown flashes, and I just don't think that he quite had everything in the whole system together beforehand. Because mm-hmm. who did he, who who did he have to throw to before Devontae Adams came? It was it was Waller and Renfro who came up, but Waller has been injured last year. Like he he had some injury uh, issues. Yeah. Other than that, like they haven't and, really had a. A, a wide out like they haven't had someone to put outside i don't remember the last time they had someone to put outside it's been a while right they tried people like brian edwards and they just never panned out zay jones they just never panned out so they have their slot guy in renfro who was speedy and can get underneath and it's great hands but Devonte adams is their first like wide out put him wide and you don't have to worry really about him on a week-to-week mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, exactly. And two, it's like when you look at the Raiders, they have a hopefully healthy Josh Jacobs this year too. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was great for him when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. In like the few games that he played. He was and great. you're, and you're, you're, he's probably going to want to play well this year considering they didn't uh, pick up his option, his fifth-year option on his rookie contract. I wouldn't. So... If he I plays would. well, he could play himself into a good contract, whether it's on the Raiders or somewhere else. So I'm looking at some sort of a good season, even if it's not like some wow, like crazy season. I think that his ability will at least get him playing well for this team. I think making mm-hmm. a good impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I like that. I like that. Now, if we look at the, you know, everything as a whole, Trey, who are your two teams to be Super Bowl favorites this year? Mm. That's a tough one, Max. There's a lot of teams. I feel like the AFC this year is just insane Hmm. in terms of competition, right? It's just like who, like, so what I think is I don't think that Cincinnati is going to be back in the big game. I think Cincinnati played incredibly well in the big moments last year, but I am thinking that there's going to be some regression with how they played in terms of from a win column standpoint. They'll still think they're going to be a great team. They're going to be in the playoff run. They might win a playoff game or two. But making the Super Bowl is another is another thing. I really... Are you, you're saying I that they were a flash in the pan. I, no, no, no. Because if, I say, if, I, if I'm saying flash in the pan, I think that they're just not going to be in it at all. I still think that they're going to be a good team. And being a playoff team is not like some small feat as well. So I think that making the Super Bowl is just like that next, is that a step that like people rarely make it multiple years in a row. 
right? And when they do, it's tough for them to to win, especially when your especially when your your conference has gotten way better as the AFC has. I think it's going to be tough when people have come over from the NFC to then make a difference for the same results to happen. Mm. I really, I really think that it's it's Buffalo's time. I think Buffalo has been set up <laughs> in a sense where they've been they've been the the favorite almost every year, and then something happens. At least the last two years, where you felt like they could have a really good team, and I think especially what you saw last year, where uh, how that AFC divisional ended, I think that um, yeah. Yeah, I think I, was, I think yeah. that Josh Allen played himself basically. That's how you should play in the playoffs if you want to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I think I think that type of performance again, considering the new rules and everything, um, I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna vault them. I think they just have they just have a great team right now. So, well, it's like you look at who I like. Yeah, straight. I I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm thinking runner up. I think the Raiders could because if I'm looking at Kansas City. Kansas City just lost one of their big three. Mm-hmm. I know it's Patrick Mahomes, right? I know he's still that guy, but I don't think they're going to push over the edge, especially when you have like Buffalo, when you have Raiders. You have Derrick Henry back on the Titans. You can't mm-hmm. sleep, sleep on them. You got the Bengals. Yeah. Ravens could be a sleeper. Outside and don't forget, that, though, if the Broncos click too with Wilson at the helm, considering no, their offensive I, talent. Yes, Yes, but I don't think you're gonna do it. But they could. Yeah, I mean, I pick like them over the North. Titans. AFC North. Who's coming out of that? Well, the Bengals. The Bengals. That's it. Yeah, that's the, it. The, yeah. The so they they got their division. Jeff. They got their division easy. It's just about kind of if they get set up last year. Well, last year they they played some tough matchups in the playoffs and they beat those match. They they won. Yeah. They 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 played their way into a good uh, into the yeah. Super Bowl. I don't know. It, would I be surprised if they made the Super Bowl? No, because they have the they have the offensive talent. Uh, their defense is they're kind of their issue, but you, I would say that they're good. It's just about kind of the matchup they get. I think at this point they're gonna they're the road is gonna be tougher, especially during the regular season. So it's all about kind of their placement. Will they get a good seed? Will they get a good first matchup? Will they have to play in the wild card, the divisional round? Like, will they have to play in the wild card game? If I had to pick, I would say Buffalo and 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 kind of leave it at that for the AFC. With mm. the NFC, Max, I'm gonna go. Oh, I think that there's a couple teams. You want to go for LA? Yeah. I think LA has a shot at doing it again. Mm-hmm. I got to give my. Oh, my Cardinals. My Cardinals, please. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not very confident, but maybe mm-hmm. if there's no injuries, the Cardinals are still a good team, man. I can't I can't I can't sleep. It's just if there's no injuries and Kyler Murray can stay hot after Call of Duty comes out. Don't <laughs> sleep on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I swear. And every year you have to That's put in saying. the conversation of Green Bay. And if the Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy. Or just get it together. The Cowboys also have a shot. I think. I think at this point, I think considering the lineups and everything, I gotta go Tampa Bay this year. Wow. They didn't. They didn't lose. They didn't lose no, anybody. They didn't lose anybody. And and they got Julio Jones to be like a wide receiver four. I you know. know I mean? so, How? So he's he, he so. Like honestly, like he so he's so obviously they have Godwin coming off the injury, but of the players that could come off of injury and play well, I trust Chris Godwin. I think dude mm-hmm. is tough as nails and he's a possession receiver. Like he has great hands, and I think yeah, the speed might not be there immediately, but he'll play himself back into into game shape. And having Mike Evans already, right? They're gonna have to ask him to do a lot, especially early on. But I think being a big body, being a big receiver. Boom. Having Julio Jones as a third option where he's not taking double teams anymore and, you know, maybe he's not, like, kind of pushing himself old, as much as he was. Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah. He's not pushing himself like he was in, in the end of his Atlanta run and then in Tennessee where he's kind of just kind of playing himself into hamstring injuries. I think that 
I think that that's that's a massive. I think people that's an understated move of this year is getting Julio Jones out of nowhere in the offseason. So I agree. Um, yeah, and with you got Brady back and can never go against that guy. Yeah, yeah. people have done yeah. it. People have tried it. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll take Bills. Bills. Bucks. Bills. It's Bucks. a new I one. I like it. I, Bills. Bucks is the new one. I like it. Um, all right. So uh, we also have three major injuries out of these three players who do you think is going to have the best comeback this season mm. hunter henry christian Mm-mm. McCaffrey, derrick henry oh derrick oh the derrick <laughs> god you know derrick henry god they're not even close <laughs> that's the best part <laughs> that's the best part <laughs> Oh my God! Why did I say that? Oh my God! That's the best part. That's I looked at Henry and I was like, "Oh, excuse me." All right, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, and Charles Barkley. No, Saquon Barkley. (laughs) Um, Saquon's hurt week three. You're saying you think, bruh, dude? Look at the past four years. I think I think it's yeah. I mean, especially considering the line he's still playing uh, behind the like, Giants. The Giants didn't do anything to get better, dude. They got Daniel they Jones got... is throwing interceptions in preseason and practice. <laughs> At what point are they going to be like, guys, guys? Enough. I just think too, when your offensive system isn't working well, Shrey, you know how much no. pressure that puts on your best player. Yeah, that, that's and that's true. In, in quotations. And that and that's the pressure that they've been putting on Saquon to basically he's he's been <sighs> like whatever he, yeah, he every time he comes back, they're like, Oh, we're saved, and then he gets injured. They're like, crap, we have to play normal Giants football again. <laughs> because they put him at a disadvantage. They dis uh, what's the they put him at a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. They do. They make him they make whenever he comes back, he, it feels like they feel like okay, he's a hundred percent. Like that, there'd be no other reason that he wouldn't be playing. And it's tough. It's tough, especially considering a lot of your picks. Like you saw, like Kenny Galladay feels like a complete bust of a of a of a trade or a, or a signing. Sorry, of a signing. Like people were kind of considering him like to be this great wideout, especially coming from Detroit. He hasn't really panned out. Kadarius Tony, someone that showed flashes last year, but was out mostly for injuries or um, something or the other, you know, effort or whatnot. Who knows what he'll end up being, right? If that'll continue. Sterling Shepard coming off the ACL. Like, they don't really have any... Max, like, what other weapons do they have other than Saquon if they're really... They don't. They They don't. don't. They don't. They don't. So, I'm going to counter that. I think the most successful player, because I'm also still worried about Christian McCaffrey... I think he's great. He is phenomenal when he is on. We're still concerned about his injuries because last year it was like, oh, whoa, whoa. It was kind of, to, to me, it was out of nowhere. It's like he played, what, week one and two? Yeah, I think he played – yeah, I think he played the full first couple weeks and then that – Full first couple weeks and then third boom. week. Third week he, he left the game, yeah. Derrick Henry, man. Derrick Henry is going to have the best season. I agree with you. Derrick Henry's gonna have the best season. My God, I he that is I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, Max, what about him, the what about the age, Max? What about no, you know, no, he's the got workload he's got concerns. Least, workload concerns is legit, right? It's the same yeah. thing when you look at the Titans. You're like, how are you distributing these plays? Who are you calling on every single time when you like need some yards? Mm-hmm. You're going to Derrick Henry, but you got to realize the difficulty of his job. And while he makes it look easy, like he's like the Mike Tyson equivalent of like football running backs where he just bodies grown men, right? You got to think about that. It's why does he get hurt? Because he's under so much like physical stress all the time. Right. I think the Titans have to do a better job of distributing the types of plays that they give him. That's exactly what I'm saying. Stop calling 10-yard run plays. <laughs> 30, like the 30 rushes is going to be a lot. But if they can split that up like 30 touches and do maybe 20 rushes and 10 targets. Have, literally, have him just sit, like, sit. He, he literally, he did. Five, he, 10 yards. 
he was on a he was on a on his way to more receiving last year before the injury right he had games of five four or five catches three catches if he can get if he can lose a couple rushes right which is where he's really kind of forcing himself through the defense and then that's what's where running backs really get kind of worn down and and injured is like at the line of scrimmage when they have to make that first contact if he if they can get him off of that a little bit maybe make a uh, a block and then go out and kind of let him do it like a little dump off from Tannehill have him run that way that'll take a lot of the contact because in the open field who's stopping a Derrick Henry stiff arm who's stopping a Derrick Henry cut exactly. and that's when you have space but and you're one plays. on ones and one on twos exactly way more than a one on seven boom exactly <laughs> when the box is stacked and everyone is trying to like pulverize him that's the difficulty so I think they have to distribute that, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too worried that he can't hold up off of the injury because of the type of injury and and just I think I think that he if you see if you see some of these videos I know the videos the offseason videos can get kind of crazy and like people go overhyped about him, but the dude's crazy like. I don't. I, I, I'm in awe at some of the workouts he does. So, yeah. Um, Dude, yeah if I had to pick, if I had to pick Derrick Henry, I'm with you. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, before we get out of here, before Week One happens, we just have a quick preview of two key matchups, and these are two, the two biggest quarterback swaps of this offseason. Shrey, you got Mayfield versus the Browns and Wilson versus the Seahawks. How excited are you for these? Dude, I think to start off a season. These are two matchups that even if the games aren't going to be like crazy good, these are two storylines that you want heading into a season, right? QB trade, first game of the season, you play your old team. Like that's like, that's that's a game. Even if the game is crap, you'll love to see that type of storyline. I think with Mayfield versus the Browns, although uh, the Browns are coming to him in Carolina, I think there's going to be some vengeance there. I think that the Panthers are going to come out firing. I think they're going to let Baker Mayfield like just come out firing. And I mean, obviously the Browns are not going to be great to start. We know why, but Mayfield, I think Mayfield is going to to do everything to to promote that cause of the Browns not being great. Got a so, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Who knows if he'll hold up the whole season in terms of his play, but. We know of last year, Panthers quarterback starting off really well. So with with Sam Darnold, so um, I expect Baker Mayfield to to play to play well. I'd say I'd say like a two fifty couple touchdown type of day, and and just kind of stick it to him. Yeah, and then you got Wilson the Seahawks. There's some tension there. All right, folks. <laughs> well, we are more than excited more than excited for the upcoming NFL season. Thank you very much for being with us today on this wonderful podcast known as Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Travis, and we will see you next time. Peace.